morning, Next Level Church. It is good to see you. How's everybody? Good? Woohoo! Yeah, it's great to be here. Wow. Welcome, everyone. We are in part three of our Act Now series, and for the entire month of January, I am just stoked. I don't even really know what that means, but apparently I am. So I am just stoked about this series because the whole essence of, of Act Now, the, the, the premise of this series is that when we fast forward our life 365 days from now to next January, the hope for all of us is that our spiritual lives won't look the same, that, that we won't be the same place in God then, 365 days from now, as we are today. And so this whole series is designed around helping you and I, average Joe followers of Jesus, to uh, move from the place where we are and in simple, easy, strategic, and effective ways become more like Jesus and, and grow in our spiritual life. A couple weeks ago when we launched the series, we talked about uh, how important it is for us to spend time daily in God's Word. We call that SOAP around here, S-O-A-P. That's just a very simple, easy, strategic, obvious way for you and I to, uh, to daily spend time in God's Word and in 10 or 15 minutes of time find a verse or, or a scripture that jumps off the page and sticks to our heart. If you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, go to nextlevelchurch.com this week, uh, backslash soap, and you'll be able to find out more about that. You can listen to the message that we did a couple weeks ago and, and catch up with us. Many of us are taking the 21-day challenge where we're studying God's Word every single day uh, for the next 21 days or through next Sunday, So, uh, which is Vision Sunday. So that was part one. Last week then, our friend Peter Haas from Minneapolis, Minnesota was here with us, and we just heard great, great things from all of you about uh, how his life on doing life, or his message on doing life together just really struck us and, and hit so many of us down in our core and in our heart. And it's been so awesome this week as we've had 45 different connection groups launch, as Scott mentioned earlier this week. So we're just fired up, you guys, about what God is doing. So this is part three of Act Now, and I'm so excited uh, today to have with me our um, missions and outreach coordinator, Lindsay Kistner, with me today. Many of you know Lindsay from our five weeks of service as well as a ton of other places that you see Lindsay around. Her personality just is overwhelming. And so, Lindsay, I'm just so pumped that you're here uh, today. We're going to be team teaching part three today, which will, which will be very, very good for me uh, and for all of you as, as you're going to find out. So today, this is part three. And what we're talking about in part three is using our lives to to connect to hurting and broken people that are all around us that perhaps we don't even see. And, and we're going to begin to realize and find out that this has got everything to do with our spiritual growth. That it's you and I grow spiritually in ways that we never could otherwise when we become aware of the needs around us and serve others in our community. All right. Well, us on the same stage is like D-A-D-D. It's double the A-D-D. <laughs> so y'all better put your seatbelts on this morning because it might get a little bit crazy. But um, I just wanted to open up really by posing a question to get us all thinking a little bit. First thing here, let's say this morning we were to go out on the streets of Fort Myers, maybe downtown or the beach, and ask 100 random people, when we think about the characteristics of Jesus, what are the top things that would pop into our man? I mean, what do you think they might be? I would venture to say that somewhere on the top five list of every single person that was interviewed 
would be compassion. I mean, Jesus time and time again is known for being the man that cared for the poor and kind of loved the brokenhearted. Jesus was a man of compassion. And uh, kind of like what Matt alluded to, I have had just an incredible opportunity to travel to different countries around the world. I have been in missions for almost 11 years now. I've had the honor of working with lots of missionary organizations and leading teams as well. And I love what I do. If you can't tell, ask me about it. In five minutes, I'll get you to want to be a missionary too. See me after service. (laughs) But um, every time I go on a trip, I I tell people what missions is all about. And I come back and there are usually a few things that pop into our minds. Maybe for you, you think of missions and you think of five and six, eight, nine-year-old little girls and boys that are forced into child prostitution in Thailand. Or maybe for missions for you, you think of the skinny, starving children that live in Africa or the families that have to travel overnight just to get clean water to bring back. Or maybe it's the little children running around like I've seen so many times in the garbage dumps that they call home in Latin America. But every time I go, I get to see these people and something sparks in my heart. And so I want to tell you guys a story of a friend that I met on one of my journeys Her name is Renata. You see, Renata, she's a single mom. She has four children that she's raising all by herself. She doesn't have a car. She doesn't have a driver's license. And in fact, a few years back, because a natural disaster struck their area, she was forced to leave everything that she had and just leave with literally the clothes on their back and her four children alive. Well, now she's relocated, and she lives in the poorest neighborhood in her entire community. See, Renita, she's a lady that struggles to make it literally every single week. See, it's so easy for us to, to hear stories like that and, and be moved with compassion and, and think, well, that's great, but that's, you know, that's another part of the world. I, I mean, so if it's true that, you know, we interviewed 100 people, that, that we would all agree that one of the top five characteristics of Jesus is that he had compassion on, on the hurting, compassion on the poor, compassion on people like Renata. But the question for us continues to remain, well, well what about us? What do, what do we do? What's that got to do with us? Well, if you brought your Bible with you this morning, would you turn with us to the book of Acts? Acts chapter 3 is where we're going to spend some time today. We want to look at just seven verses there because tucked inside of the book of Acts in chapter 3, we find the story of two of Jesus' followers, Peter and John, who lives looked a lot like ours and I think that even as we unpack the story a little bit we'll be able to see ourselves inside of the experience that Peter and John had because what we find out is connecting with those who are hurting and broken like Jesus did like Jesus would want us to is easier said than done so Acts chapter 3 verse 1 so one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon that's like church at three o'clock in the afternoon If I was a pastor of a bunch of young single people, three in the afternoon, it's a good time to have service, don't you think? Interesting. All right. So verse two. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple. See, in a lot of ways, this city, this gate Beautiful, it looked a lot like the city that we live in here in southwest Florida. I mean, if you talk to anybody from up north right now, though we're like a little frigid, we've got our sweaters and stuff on today, we live in beautiful paradise Florida that anyone else in this country would love to live in right now. 
So beautiful, maybe defined a little bit differently by Peter and John, of course. Their beautiful was more like, you know, the fine-looking camels, nicely groomed. <laughs> or I don't know, maybe it was like the pimped-out robes, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. Right. But um, it, it's true, isn't it? I mean, we live in our beautiful city. Most of us drive our beautiful cars. We drive them into our beautiful gated communities where uh, we, we have our beautiful homes and we eat our beautiful meals with our beautiful friends and we card our beautiful little children all over town talking on our iPhones and drinking our lovely, beautiful Starbucks lattes. But we live in the beautiful place where we socialize with beautiful people that look just like us. But yet, somehow, some way, most of the time, we don't see the hurting people, the, the begging man on the side of the road. See, Renata, she's not from Africa. In fact, she's never even stepped foot on African soil. And she's not from Thailand. She's not from a village in Asia. She's not even from Latin America. Renata finds home here in Palmetto Courts, right up the road in our backyard, downtown Fort Myers, Florida. So, so there's Peter and John walking into the temple at 3 in the afternoon. And as they're walking through this beautiful temple, this beautiful gate, they, they look down and they see this lame man there. Notice what happens next, verse 3. This, this beggar, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. That's pretty much what he did his entire life is someone would walk by, he'd ask them for money. This was just, this is this guy's MO. This is what he does. Verse 4, look at this. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, Look at us. There are a few things we want to point out this morning about this story in terms of Peter and John that I think not only have everything to do with Peter and John, but we think have everything to do with, with us as well. Here's the first thing we would say. Peter positioned himself to see. He could have walked on the other side of the road. I mean, there were other entrances that he could have used to get to the temple that day. He could have pretended like he was on a really important cell phone conversation. He could have walked by and just completely ignored the man, but he didn't. He stopped. He stopped and he chose to see the man. Did you see it in the verse? He stopped and he chose to see the man. Peter positioned himself to see a next level church. So must we. And here's the reason why, because we can't fix what we're not willing to see as being broken. And that means that we've got to get out of our world. We've got to get out of, of our comfort zone and allow our eyes to be open to the needs that lie around us, not just around the world, but right here in Southwest Florida as well. I was actually looking on the internet this last week because I wanted to see for myself what kind of need really does lie beneath the beautiful gates here in Fort Myers. And, and I found a few things that really startled me. They were really surprising that I wanted to share. Right now we have 18 thousand men and women that are unemployed that have no jobs no source of income last year when our youth we had five thousand young people arrested most of which i would assume is probably because they don't have a a positive role model or any example in their life and listen to this three thousand men and women live on the streets they are 100 percent homeless right here in fort myers see here's the deal It's possible for us, myself included, to live our lives in such a way that we get tunnel vision. That 
we can schedule our time, we can schedule our priorities, we can so position our lives that over the course of a period of time, the only need we see is our own. And we, we kind of end up with this, with this tunnel vision that, that blocks out the needs of our community, the needs that are around us, that we can get so busy uh, with our problems, with our circumstances, with our situations, with our needs. I mean, hey, come on, Matt. I got needs too, bro. That we can get, we can get so focused on ourselves that we miss the needs in our community around us. This is especially convicting for me because Peter did what I do. Peter was a pastor. And in fact, when you study the story in the book of Acts, you know what you realize? You realize that the chapter right before this, Acts chapter 2, Peter's church was in revival. In one day, just the chapter right before this one, in one day, they added 3,000 people to their church in one day. If ever there was a guy who had a reason to overlook a few needs, if ever there was a guy who who had a to-do list a mile long, if ever there was a guy who had all kinds of excuses as to why he couldn't and shouldn't stop and see the need, it was Peter. But he didn't. Instead, he stopped and he positioned himself to see the need. And so must so what do we do to see the need that lies in our community and how, how do we start this process we know that God is doing something huge in the hearts of our people for this community and guys from firsthand experience I'm telling you God is moving inside of Fort Myers there are broken and hurting people that are that are needing a touch from God that are needing to know the love of God and some of us are starting to see the beginning steps of being a part of that change of impacting these lives just back in November and December many of you were a part of our five weeks of service a lot of us for the first time ever saw the need that lies here. I remember being at the soup kitchen and, and some of the people on our team seeing homeless people with their bikes and their bags for the first time or seeing children that were hungry or parents that literally didn't have the ability to put food on the table for their kids or being at the community cleanup and these little boys are running around all over the playground. Some of them didn't even have shoes. There was no parental supervision Time after time, we saw these needs, even to little boys that were going up to some of our men saying, can you teach me how to fight? I need to learn how to fight so I can make it in this neighborhood. There is a need in our community. Dozens and dozens of us for the first time got to see that. What in, in our community and in our town and even in our church. Doug Morris, I don't know if you guys remember, we were on NBC and we showed the video here a few weeks ago. We did the NLC Extreme Home Makeover. It was awesome. But that all started because we saw the need that Doug Morris needed a new home and we were able to do something about it. Absolutely. And that's where Peter and John found themselves. There they are walking into church and they positioned themselves at a place where they could see the need. Look what happens next, verse 5. So the man gave them his attention expecting to get something from them. Verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And then look at this part. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly 
the man's feet and ankles became strong. Here's the second thing we want us to notice this morning, and it's this. Peter chose to connect to the man's pain. Notice, Peter didn't just throw money at the problem. The easy thing to do was to just throw a few coins in the bucket, to just stroke a check and check out. Peter didn't do that. In fact, this is so interesting to me. Nowhere in the entire life and ministry of Jesus do we ever find an opportunity or an occasion where Jesus only gave somebody money. He, and so did Peter, one of his disciples, they always chose to connect. They always chose to touch the brokenhearted. They always chose to touch those who were in pain. Peter chose to connect to this man's pain. So he he chose to touch him. He felt the pain. But that is the very thing that made all of the difference. I mean, Peter could have walked by and said, listen, buddy, sorry about your luck. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) I didn't go to school for this, or I'm no Mother Teresa. I don't really consider it my duty in life. I'm no Bill Gates. I don't have the money. I, I, I can't even begin to help you out with your problems. I don't have what it takes. But he didn't only because he felt the pain. I mean, I think of the lame man. Put yourself in his shoes for just a minute. He's laying on a mat by the temple begging for help all the days of his life. He is the outcast of society, a reject to everyone else around him. But yet this man, this beggar, layman, the reject, he was somebody's friend. He was somebody's brother. He was somebody's son. And see, what if it were your son or your brother? Or your friend that maybe needed the help or was the beggar, the hurting person in front of someone else's eyes. See, Peter positioned himself to see. Peter connected with the man's pain. But then number three, look at this. Peter chose to be the solution. Yes. He reached down and took this man by the hand. And when he did, heaven and earth collided. And the miraculous happened. The man, God touched him, and the man's ankles grew out. This man's life was miraculously changed forever. Why? Because Peter chose to be the solution. Yes, and we can be the solution. This is the part that I get really, really, really excited about. We can be the solution. You and I together, we can do something to impact someone's life. But it's so much easier than what we think. And see, that is so many times where we have the confusion. It's, well, if I'm not the doctor, I'm not the mother, Teresa. Well, then where, where do I fall? What am I supposed to do? Check this out. We had people that were picking weeds at community cleanup. And I was walking around and I spoke with one of the residents and she says, you know, I don't really let my daughter come down here to the playground. And I was like, well, you know why? She says, well, every time she comes down here, she gets covered in sand spurs and she comes back crying at the house. But since you guys are doing this, my daughter's going to be allowed to play with her friends now. So picking weeds and this girl got to be with her friends. Or, or the 10-year-old little boy from painting the walls at Doug Morris's home because he picked up a paintbrush that anybody can do. He was a part of transforming Doug Morris's life. That's right. or, or taking food and plopping it on a plate and saying, have a nice day to a homeless person. That simple move fed someone. 
for the afternoon. I mean, the, the, the easiest things that can make the biggest impact. But not only do we have physical needs, which we have a lot of those in our community, but there is an emotional, uh, people are hurting, people are hopeless. We all know, we've all been here. Fort Myers has been hit hard by all of the economy and real estate and markets and crashing and, and all of that. There are hurting people maybe sitting next to you, maybe they live across the street, maybe at the grocery store, but people need hope. I, I think of maybe the guy that lives across the street and maybe it's the man that has the sports car and he's got the big beautiful smile and he waves as he pulls out of the neighborhood and everyone thinks his life is okay, but maybe his world is falling apart and he's just one trade away from losing his house, losing his car, losing everything that he's worked his entire life for, and he's hopeless. Or ladies, for us, maybe it's the woman at the gym who we see her and she's got the great body and she's got the beautiful little two-year-old and the good-looking husband on the side, and she smiles, and we think her world must be perfect. I mean, she looks great. What if her marriage is on the rocks? What if she's an abusive relationship? But she has nobody to turn to. She's hopeless and looking for a friend. Or, or maybe the family down the street and they have the minivan and the two and a half kids and, you know, they, the white picket fence and everything looks great. Maybe they just went through the biggest tragedy that their family has ever known and they think it's hopeless. But check this out. We say, I'm no counselor. I can't fix all this. But you know what we can do? What if we can bake a meal for our neighbor, got to be delicious, of course, bring it over to the front door, ring that doorbell. Guys, just wanted to let you know that I'm here for you, yeah. that I love you, and I would love to serve you if you need anything. Give them a next level church. Tell them to be here on Sunday. We got a really cool pastor and a great worship band. But be a part of their life. And just by baking a meal, you can have the opportunity to impact someone's life. See, here's, here's what I, I think the essence of what we're trying to communicate this morning is it's this number four when you and i choose to be the solution we empower others to walk yeah when peter chose to be the solution he lifted that man god did the miraculous heaven and earth collide when you and i decide that we will be the solution. Peter decided to be the solution, and so can we. No, so must we. Next Level Church, I want to challenge us as our, as our lead pastor. I want to challenge us that we can be the change that we want to see in our city. That, that we don't have to wait for a new administration. We don't have to wait for the economy to turn around. No, you and I, exactly where we are, can be the change that, that we want to see God bring to the families of our city, to, the, to our nation, to our culture, to our society. We can be the ones to transform our world one life at a time. When we decide to be the solution, we empower someone else around us to walk. Remember Renata? Let me tell you a story about another friend of mine, and her name is Emily. Emily is a single woman. She's been divorced. Lots of hurt, lots of baggage, lots of pain. She's an ex-drug addict, done every kind of drug you can possibly imagine. She's completely in debt, has no idea how she's going to get out. 
not working very many hours right now and struggles to make it every single week. She doesn't have a Bible degree. She's only been a Christian and sober for two years. But yet, Emily, Emily chose to be the solution to someone else's life. See, back in August when we do the um, back to school block party, Emily was going to come for the day and she was just going to pick up the trash and, you know, go real humble. And I went up to her and I said, Emily, would you be on the prayer team? Would you pray with some of these, you know, people that are going to be visiting us? And she said, yeah, and started praying and meeting. And, and all of a sudden there's a lady named Renata that comes walking by and Emily grabs her and they start talking and they share their stories and see some similarities and see Emily saw something inside of Renata and knew that she could make a difference in Renata's life. I mean, if, if anyone out of all of us has a reason not to do something or, or not to love someone, not to, not to be compassionate, might be Emily. She's got baggage, doesn't have very much money. She's an ex-drug addict, but she didn't. And since their two worlds collided, when heaven and earth collided for them, since this point, Emily has been able to get new beds donated for that family, new couches so that they're not sitting on the cement blocks anymore. They shared Christmas together and got her children toys and clothes. They ate Thanksgiving together. Emily chose to make a difference. See, Emily has a great friend now, five of them actually, all because she chose to make a difference. She chose to impact a life simply by first seeing and then choosing to act now.
that we, just a little old next level church right here in Southwest Florida, can change the world. Well, how do we do that? Have a seat real quick. Have a seat. Have a seat. What does that look like? What does it look like for you and I living in our beautiful city, our beautiful homes with our beautiful cars? What does it look like for us to act now? Well, Lindsay and I want to throw a few thoughts our direction this morning of how we think every single one of us, no matter how busy we are, no matter how bad our tunnel vision has been, can make a difference in our community starting now by acting now the first one is to join a community service connection group that are starting today we have lots of groups that are going to be launching i mean maybe you like to play with kids we have sport camp groups that are starting or if it's serving at the soup kitchen we have soup kitchen groups fixing up homes um, everything that you can possibly imagine playing with cancer kids and just being the light into their life groups are starting this week go to nextlevelchurch.com like you heard scott talk about earlier Get signed up. Email one of those leaders. Get involved, you guys. We can make a difference. And here's the second thought. Maybe you look at the list and you go, man, I don't see it. But maybe right now you're feeling something inside. You're feeling you're feeling that stirring. Well, we believe that's God. We believe that the Holy Spirit right now is prompting some of us to, to start another group, to, to engage once a month and say, man, I'm going to give one Saturday morning a month to go and connect with a group that maybe you don't even see yet or to, to start it. Here's the thing. There's a good chance that if you're feeling strong about some direction or a group of kids or, or you know, pregnant women in our community or, or whatever that angle might be, that thing that you're feeling in your heart right now, we believe that if you're feeling that, there's a good chance that others in our church feel that as well. They're just waiting for a leader. I love the words in that song that say the leader was me. We've been waiting for a leader. Guess what, guys? You and I, we're the leaders. It's time for us to step up. Why? Because the needs of our community are just way too great. So if you don't see that group, email Pastor Scott this week. His email's in the bulletin. Email Lindsay and just say, hey, I'm stepping up. I, I'm, you know, pray for me, help me, whatever. We will get behind you and push because we're excited about our people, you and I engaging our community and saying, I will step up and make a difference. Absolutely. And also we can do something this week. Every single person in this auditorium this morning can choose to be a blessing. Bake a meal for your neighbor this week. Go out and buy a $5 gift card to Chick-fil-A or Starbucks or McDonald's or wherever you want to go. Go through your closet, clean out, give them to somebody in the Walmart parking lot or somebody that looks like they may need it on the street. But choose to do something this week. Let's get the ball rolling and let's change our community by acting now. Acting now is simple, you guys. We can do this. No matter how busy we are, no matter how overstressed we are, and no matter how great the needs are in our lives, we, like Emily, can change the world. There's a Renata out there right now with your name on her. She's waiting on us. She's praying for a miracle. She's praying that heaven and earth will collide. And guess what? We get to be the one to connect make a difference let's pray together Jesus across this place today Lord our hearts are being stirred Lord God our hearts are being motivated to look beyond ourselves to look beyond our own pain to look beyond our own needs to look beyond our own tunnel vision of life and connect with the community around us God we see so many hurting so many broken 
so many disillusioned. And God, we recognize now that we can be the change that we want to see in the world around us. So God, I pray for every one of us listening today that you would give us the courage to act now. You would give us the courage to take a small step, to clean out our closet, to get a $5 McDonald's card and give it to a homeless guy to join a connection group, to to start a connection group. God, I pray that you would give us the courage to act now, this week, God. Jesus, we recognize that one of the primary characteristics of who you were when you were on this earth was a man of compassion. And Father, we as a church want to be individuals and people of compassion as well. Give us the courage today to be the change and to act now. And all across this room, everyone said, amen.